You're listening to a Dallas Sports Nation production, enhancing your Dallas sports experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation podcast from Dallas Sports Nation. I'm your host, the Recliner Nerd, John Moore. This is episode seven. If you haven't found us yet, we are at DallasSportsNation.com, D-A-L-SportsNation.com. We are the host of all your local DFW sports. We do cover the Mavericks, the Cowboys, FC Dallas, the Stars, and, of course, your Texas Rangers. I am one of the Texas Ranger bloggers, the recliner nerd, John Moore. And today, the topic, winter meetings. The winter meetings are over. We've talked about them before. We knew they were coming up. Winter meetings this year were in Las Vegas. They went from December 9th to December 4, uh, 4, 13th. Uh, yesterday is when they ended, um, December 13th. But uh, Rangers made a little news there. They didn't make huge splash, but, but they really did some things that could really lead to something. There, We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, if you don't know what the winter meetings are, um, all of baseball – uh, meets every winter. They all meet somewhere. A lot of times you'll see there'll be in Nashville, and uh, a couple years ago they were in Atlanta. They've come to Dallas. They've been at the Gaylord out there uh, in in Dallas, and this year they were in Las Vegas. Um, all of your general managers will be there. A lot of your front office people will, will go to the winter meetings. A lot of agents. Agents will show up at the winter meetings. A lot of people wanting to get into the business of baseball will end up showing up at those, seeing if they can't work their way into to some organization, maybe at a minor league level or whatever, that want to work in baseball. Well, uh, they have to pay their own ticket and get themselves there. But it's it's networking. But a lot of a lot of your free agent deals and and trades and all of that kind of get kicking there at the at the winter meetings and. Uh, and that was the case with the Rangers. Um, you know, we didn't expect a lot to happen with the Rangers. Didn't know what we were going to do with the Rangers. What all was going to happen? Um, first thing that kind of um, out of the box uh, before really anything really got going. We did. Uh, we claimed uh, Carlos Asu. I, I hope I'm saying this right. I don't know him very well. Carlos Asuage. A-S-U-A-J-E from the Padres. He's been in the big leagues for a couple years. He's He he's, doesn't hit a lot. Apparently a really good fielder, but we claimed him off waivers from the Padres. We did put him on the 40-man roster. So as of now, he's got a roster spot um, with them. He, I think this is sort of a utility infielder thing that they're trying to do. Um, I know that um, Isaiah Kiner falafa was kind of our utility guy, but they have they – have, Daniels has come out and basically said that uh, – he wants counter falafa to really kind of concentrate on being a catcher. Um, not that I don't know that they want him to be the everyday starting catcher, but they really want him to work the position, you know, get it going, learn it good. And that means a little bit less of moving him all around the field. I'm sure he will play around the field some, but that's kind of what Carlos Asiage is here for, I believe, is to kind of fill that role. And then, um, you know, we made a trade. Um, and, and I don't know if any of y'all caught that. Uh, we traded Drew Robinson. If any of y'all know who Drew Robinson is, look, I've seen this guy play all the way back from Frisco. He's got a lot of pop in his bat. He has always hit some some – had some power, never really hit good though, and just never did okay in the minor leagues. Look, this guy has a great swing, a great approach, but he misses some bats. And uh, but he, 
He's been up. He's you know we've seen him in the big leagues, kind of a utility guy. He's played all over. He's played some second base, third base. A lot of time, most of his play was in the outfield. Left-handed bat. Do we have enough left-handed bats? I don't know. You know, he's always Drew's always been kind of that fourth guy that that we had out there that we thought you know that we uh, you know he was never going to be a starter, but he was going to fill in, kind of play out there. And he he ne- it was kind of like Ryan Rua was. When we had Rua, that's kind of what the the goal was for Rua, you know, and hopefully he would play his way into a starter, and it just never really materialized. But we traded him to the Cardinals, and uh, for Patrick Wisdom, a third baseman, Patrick Wisdom, and Patrick Wisdom was stuck behind. Uh, he didn't really have anywhere to play. He's a natural third baseman. He's a minor leaguer. He played thirty two games last year um, with the. With the Cardinals, came up at the end of the year, played 32 games with them, had 50 at-bats. He hit five home runs. I think he hit 260, somewhere around there, 260. But before that, he had played the two years before that, he had played the AAA with Memphis. And in 2017, he only hit 243, but he had 32 home runs. So, I mean, the guy's got some pop. Now, he is ranked in their organization as the prospect with the best arm. Not a pitcher. Not a pitcher with the best arm, the prospect with the best arm. Joey Gallo has been our prospect with the best arm. They've always talked about Gallo's cannon and how he had a cannon. That's what this guy supposedly has, Drew Robinson. And um, so he played in 2017. He hit 243, had 32 home runs. Last year, before he got called up, he hit 288. Uh, so he's really raised that batting average and, 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 and worked that. It took more walks and only hit 15 home runs. Then he hit four in the major league. So he hit almost 20 home runs, but there was a lot of people, you know, even me, uh, there was chatter out there about getting this guy to probably, or or maybe it's a chance that this guy is going to be the everyday third baseman where everybody who is anybody around here, and I have talked before about, we've all sort of just assumed that uh, Profar was going to be our third baseman and would be a wonderful third baseman for us. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally great with Profar as a third baseman, but with wisdom here, I think the question started kind of creeping in. Is that mean that maybe that Profar might be on the block? Maybe, maybe Profar is on the block out there and maybe they're looking there there are some teams so so it all it, there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen that you have got to pay attention to Manny Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are the two big names that are out there Machado especially is a few people's dream he's he's a natural shortstop plays third base there are some teams that are looking to add that bat and try to get him so there's a few of them that'll probably be in on the bidding they don't know if it's going to go above 300 million he's obviously a perennial all-star but if he doesn't get, you know, he'll get signed by someone. When he gets signed, there are going to be some, you know, the, those people that don't get him that are going to be looking for the alternative that are looking for a bat and an and a infielder on that left side. Maybe their consolation prize might be someone like a Profar. Now, Profar's stock has been as high as it's ever been since he was the number one prospect in baseball. So he might be moved, and if we can get pitching for him, I think everyone knows that's what that that's what we're after. We need to we need to build the rotation and 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 what we need to do now. So it's really something interesting to watch and to see what you know what happens there with Profar. So there's been some rumors. I look, you know, there's a lot of people have talked about Mazzara, talked about Profar, 
you know, whether or not we were going to move them. But that, you know, signing wisdom or trading for wisdom, that could be a sign that maybe something like that's on the horizon. Now, the, now the other big news that, that, that came after that was uh, signing Lance Lynn. I think everybody thought we had our eye on a few of them. Uh, Morton was one of them uh, that ended up signing with Tampa. Um, people were talking about maybe Derek Harlan. Lance Lynn was obviously somebody that, that was on the on the radar. And the Rangers popped out there and they signed him. And this is a fantastic deal. Look, this is an, in, in, a, in, a, in a year like we have where we know we're probably going to struggle to get to 500, probably going to be a 90-loss team or close to it, we guess will be a 90-loss team. Um, in something like that, what you really need when you're developing pitching is you need somebody to eat innings. And that guy ended up being Lance Lynn. And they didn't sign him for one year. They signed him for three years. He's kind of like the Mike Miner deal. This is, this is one of those things that we did last year that was, uh, you know, kind of like the 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 minor deal last year. We signed him for three years and twenty eight million, and everybody thought that he would try to get more than that. And he was a reliever. We turned him into a starter. He was our best starter. And so, having Lynn for three years does one of two things: if we start getting competitive by twenty twenty, and to twenty twenty one when we're really good, we'll still have Lance Lynn in the rotation as not. He's not going to be our ace. No one expects him. He may be close to our ace this year, but he no one's going to expect him to be an ace. But a guy like that as your number four or five starter is amazing. And if not, guess what else you can do? If if he's not your 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 four or five starter next year or this year, somebody in in a pinch and really wanting to get uh, you know want, wanting to uh, in. Uh, improve their team for to make a run this year trade deadline deal right there that's where that's where stuff like this pops in with uh with lynn and he's he's controllable he's controllable for three years he's not on a one-year deal i mean if if somebody comes look at look let's say he gets off to a start this year and you know um first half of the year he ends up going something like seven and four with a 2.6 era does about you know seven you know 13, 14, 15 starts in the first half of the season, you know, and he's just really he's going six innings, seven innings every game, doing well, but he's only seven and four, you know, just because of the team he's on, he, or maybe seven and six, something like that, but a 2.6 or a 3.12 ERA, let me tell you what, there are some teams out there that might be one starter away. They know they need that third guy in the, in the rotation to get them somewhere. And they might look at Lance Lynn and go, not only are we have him for this year, we're good. We'll have him for the next two years at a reasonable price. Because if he pitches like he's capable of pitching, this is a steal. Because he was great. He's got a he's got an overall record of 82 and 57 with a combined ERA of 3.57. That's what he's got. Now, let's be honest. Last year, he played with Minnesota and the Yankees. Minnesota traded him to the Yankees. He signed a one-year deal. And this is where that, you know, they used to to, to do those compensation picks. Uh, and, and they were going to have to lose a pick if, if you signed him last year before they took that out. They used to, you would have to give up your one of your, your picks to, uh, if, if you... Um, made an offer to a free agent, and then they signed a, a deal somewhere else. Um, you lost a first-round pick unless you were bad enough 
you know, then you would have to lose your second round pick. I mean, it's all confusing how they do it. Well, they got rid of that, and now you're not tied to a pick anymore. But now the team that signs him, the other team doesn't get their first round pick, but they get what's called a competitive balance pick, which is between the first and second round. It's just an automatic pick. The other team doesn't lose a pick, but the other, but the team that. Uh, the team that, that signs them doesn't lose a pick, but the other team also gets compensation um, because they made him an offer, a qualifying offer. He didn't take it, and he, he liked free agents. So that, this is this was done so some of these free agents, there were a lot of people that didn't want to lose it. They didn't think these guys were worth losing a draft pick over. Now they're not losing draft picks. You just get a compensation pick. And so Lynn this year got his three-year deal, and he went for years instead of money. I think people thought, a lot of people thought he might get a two-year $26 million deal, something like that, and he ended up going three and 30, but he's guaranteed three years, $10 million a year. That's very affordable, especially if he pitches the way he, he can pitch. If he, you know, he did, he went through a year of Tommy John, he's back. He's been pitching, and last year he, he did decent. He, he had a little bit higher with Minnesota, really came on late with the Yankees, and, and the Yankees loved him. Look, he needed to make a couple adjustments, but he pitched good for the Yankees going down the stretch. And they they uh they didn't didn't sign him. They let him go. And uh and so the the he went out and, and got into free agent and everybody knew that he was gonna be one of the one of the free agent arms out there. Now he won the top free agents that were out there. Everybody knows Corbin's out there. Um you know, the uh they've got Corbin out there. Not my brain's going blank, but so there's bigger name free agents, but this was your second tier free agents and and this is pretty genius i like it look if i i am not i'm not under some illusion that the texas rangers are going to be competing for the uh, american league west next year if you are you really you don't you need to you're not following the team like you should every team has to go through this where they got to restock the minor leagues rebuild and, and and sometimes when you are trying to develop some of these kids, you don't want to rush them. And, and, and when you don't want to rush them, you've got to have someone with big league experience up there to take their lumps for you and eat the innings while someone like a Mendez or a Urado or whoever, you know, we got uh, Hearn, uh, that kid we got last year in the Ke- Kele, uh, Keone Kela trade. I mean, we want them to get a few more minor league innings. Palumbo is another one before we get them up here. So the signing of Lance Lynn's genius, and this guy can be the back end, and even if we don't trade him, he could be the back end of the rotation. He'll be here for the next three years, and we're not, we didn't drop money for somebody and we're going to lose him. Look, with years on his contract, and if he's pitching well, it will take money to get him, I mean, it will take something to get away from us. Let's say he's pitching that good, like I said, you go on the trade deadline, you're not going to come to us and want our pitcher with that's, and he's affordable. So some of these smaller market teams at ten million a year, some of these smaller market teams look at ten million a year. And if he's really pitching, he's a potential ace, or he was when he used to pitch with St. Louis. He was that good. They look at that the price tag ten million a year, and man, they start looking in their piggy bank and going, you know, here we've got these three or four top prospects. We'll give you for land because we're making our push now. And not only we're going to get him now, we're going to have him. It's never going to be a Teixeira thing, like a Teixeira trade, but you that's how you get prospects. Great move. Love the move. J.D. is it knocked out. He, he, he had another shrewd move later. but So, so that, was the, that, that was the other big thing that happened. Now, a lot of you 
don't know, I don't know if you knew about it. I've, I've talked about the Rule 5 draft, and that was the other thing. That's the, that's always the last day of the uh, of the uh, the meetings or the Rule 5 draft. And so we had talked earlier, I, I did a podcast about the Rule 5 and how you had to, you had by a certain day, the Rangers had to put certain players on the uh, 40-man roster uh, to protect them. Um, or they would be eligible if they had, it's five years after you were drafted. And if you're not on the 40 man roster after five years, you can go into the rule five draft. That means if you, you know, and, and you can put as many as you want on there, but you only have 40 roster spots. So the Rangers were sitting at about 37 at the time that we we've since dropped some people. And then now we're sitting at 36. I believe we haven't officially, uh, Lynn, hasn't officially joined the, the roster yet, but we're going to, you know, we're going to have uh, Patrick Wisdom's going to join the roster. Um, we know he's got to be there. So what, uh, what we did was they, they did the rule five draft. Now we lost one and everybody figured, you know, it's a gamble. Uh, JD talked about it. Um, he said this was a gamble. He, you know, he took the players he did. He protected Hearn, protected uh, a couple others. He did not protect, uh, Garrett, uh, Reed Garrett and Reed Garrett was unbelievable last year between Double A AA and Triple A, and he had a two point oh one ERA. Um, he was out of options. Um, they made the conscientious choice to not protect him, and uh, the Tigers took him uh, pretty high, like fourth pick or fifth pick. They took him, and look. Uh, and John Daniel said, um, "This is a guy." that we probably will not get back. And so I explained it. I'll explain it one more time. If you take someone off of a 40-man roster, or if you take them in the Rule 5 draft, excuse me, excuse me, Rule 5 draft. If you take them in the Rule 5 draft, they have to be added to your 40-man roster, and they have to stay in the big leagues. They have to actually come on your 25-man roster. So you, you have a 40-man roster, but the 25-man major league roster. Um and they have to stay in the big leagues the entire year. They cannot play in the minor leagues unless it's a minor league rehab for an injury. But they have to they have to play in the big leagues the entire year. They have to uh, be active on a roster for at least ninety days. In other words, he can't get hurt if you get if if you've played in thirty games, even if you're the backup third baseman or you're a backup pitcher or whatever. Because we got a pitcher also in the bullpen or whatever. If you get hurt. And you get hurt and go on 60. Let's say you get Tommy John surgery. You go do Tommy John surgery. You're gone for a year and you've only been in 30 games. You've got to play in 90 games in a consecutive year. At least be active in 90. You don't have to play in it, but you've got to be active, able to play in that roster. So let's say 30 games into that this season, blows an elbow, goes to Tommy John, takes him a year and a half to three before he finally gets back from that. When he hits, he's got to stay 60 days or we lose him and we got to offer him back. So he's got to at least do 60 days active and through the entire year. That's how they do it. And uh, so you can't just grab someone, hide him on a DL, let him pitch in the minor leagues. Last year, the example for us was Tochi, Carlos Tochi. We grabbed him last year, and everybody kept wondering, why is this guy? We now have him. He's ours. He has got options. Carlos Tochi can play in the minor leagues this year. If we'd have designated him last year or, or tried to move him down, he, we would have had to give him back. They see something in him. He's fast. He's a good defensive center fielder, and that's what they did with him. So we lost Reed Garrett to the Rule 5 draft, but we got somebody in the Rule 5 draft. We got a guy named Jordan Romano. Now, he was with the Blue Jays 
Uh, his name is Jordan Romano. He, he, he's actually a starter in the Blue Jay system. He was a 10th round pick out of uh, Oral Roberts University. He played with Jose Trevino uh, in our system, who was a catcher out of, out of uh, Oral Roberts. And uh, he was a really good pitcher. He was taken in the 10th round. Jose Trevino was taken in about the 6th round that same year, I think. Anyways, with the Jays, he was unprotected. But the White Sox took him with the third overall pick. They took Jordan Romano, and then we gave them some cash considerations, and they traded him to us. Now, I don't know how what how that works. Maybe that was, you know, it cost, if you take someone off of the Rule 5, if you take them off another team, it costs $100,000 to take them off the team. You have to pay the other team $100,000. And then if you at any time send them down or try to put them through waivers, you have to first, if they clear waivers, you have to offer them back to the original team if they clear waivers, you got to offer them back, and you get fifty thousand dollars back. They can take them back fifty thousand dollars, and so, um, anyway, so that's so we got so we got Romano, and so we went to so I don't know if that's how they did the cash considerations. If we gave them a hundred grand, said, "Hey, would you guys take him for us? We'll give us money." Maybe it's some of that uh, that bonus money you get for for foreign the foreign draft when you go out and you get the the players from other countries um uh, and and you have you have that pool of money that you have for the for the uh international uh draft and you, you got international signing bonus money sometimes people will trade for that so maybe the white Sox said hey you know what we'll grab him for you and trade him to you if you give us you know 150 grand of your uh signing pool money so that you have a little extra that's how we got uh we were going after Shohei Otani last year. We had over $3 million in our signing bonus money that we thought we could try to get him. And um, it didn't. Uh, we ended up not, not getting him. Uh, but we had that money. We en- ended up getting Juan Pablo Martinez, uh, the, uh, the, the center fielder from Cuba, who was the number one prospect besides Otani. And uh, now he's in our top 100. He's played pretty well, played pretty well this fall. So maybe that's what that cash consider. But we turned around and did the same thing. We drafted somebody, uh, in, and, and the Royals gave us cash consideration because they were looking for this guy. They were looking at this guy. And I, it's drawn a blank. He's not he's, – we, we obviously, with the eighth pick, we drafted him for the Royals uh, so that the Royals could, could have him. And uh, anyway, so that, so that was – that was sort of what we did in our Rule Five draft. Uh, we did go into they do they do a round of Triple A and Double A uh, Rule Five um, uh, stuff too. And I I think I, I'm not exactly sure. I have to do some research on how that necessarily works. How they're eligible? It tri- could be five years um, it, and at the Triple A level, and they've already cleared waivers, um, and now they're eligible to go drafted to another Triple A team, or maybe you got to make a assurances that they'll be on the 40-man roster but we took a a guy named uh, jefferson medina jefferson not jefferson jefferson medina from the oreos who was a starter for the oreos last year now now romano uh jordan romano was a starter all the way but the rangers plan on using him in the bullpen and that's how they want to keep him in the major leagues he, look the plan is this guy's going to be one of our arms in the bullpen and that's what uh, and that's what they're going to use it for. So that's who we picked up. I mean, you know, right now, um, you know, we lost, and and then the 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 one that ended it all, that ended the the Big Twelve meetings for us, was the trading of Alex Claudio. And so that all that was the big breaking news. All of a sudden, it happened. 
big breaking news that, that the Rangers had traded Alex Claudio to the Brewers, and everybody was going, what in the world? What happened? Who did we get from the Brewers? Turns out we got that uh, competitive balance pick that they've got. We we're, They're giving us their competitive balance pick. They're saying that this is going to fall anywhere from number 39 to 41, somewhere in there. And in all three cases, man, that's awesome. Uh, if you don't know about... Alex Claudio, we all love Alex Claudio. Soft-throwing left-hander, doesn't throw above 85 miles an hour. He is a workhorse guy, but he was a 27th round pick out of a Puerto Rican high school and never threw hard. Something, the, the scout there just said there's some intangibles with this guy. He knows how to pitch. And Claudio came on, and they said he was a student of the game. Uh, and every time that... that that he was in a lesson or he was at practice, he would just bend the ear of everyone there pitching. And we saw, you guys saw what he did out of the bullpen. I mean, he was he was pitcher of the year in 2017 for the Rangers. He, he was incredible. And uh, it's a tough loss, but in a year like this and what we're doing to get that pick back, that's pretty impressive. The Rangers had three of the top 49 picks in this June draft, and I'm sorry that I mean you've got three picks in the top fifty um, of the top fifty players in the country. Man, you're gonna man, you're gonna get some good at least on the surface on paper. We're gonna get some good prospects back. That's that's pretty impressive. I got to be honest with you. So that that was what wrapped up the uh, the the winter meetings. Now there there is a lot still turning. Does not mean that free agency's over. Um, I'm sure that there was a lot of contact made with some of the free agents. There was a lot of groundwork laid for any trades that are out there. I, I know that John probably, uh, JD probably opened up some lines of communication. There's probably some names being bantered around about possible trades. Like we said, watch the Profar thing. Um, they still think maybe we need another rotation piece. I mean, look, right now our rotation consists of Mike Miner, probably your ace, Mike Miner. Then you got Lance Lynn. And then you got two Tommy John guys. You got uh, Volquez and Smiley. And that's going to be your – they're both coming back from Tommy John. They should be well ready to go. Uh, I mean, uh, Drew Smiley and, and Edison Volquez are both ready to play and ready to go, but they are coming back from, from Tommy John. They are throwing now. They're fully throwing and, and coming back. So that's only four, four, uh, four men right now. That's four rotation spots right there. Fifth, fifth spot we don't have. Um, you know, you got Mendez, you got Hirado, you got Palumbo. Um, it, Palumbo could be the dark horse guy. The, the guy knows how to pitch. This year he came back from Tommy John. He started pitching about halfway through the year and was pretty freaking good, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Guy did a great job. Um, this guy's a stud. He's a left, left-hander. Not very big, but, man, the guy knows how to pitch. But uh, chances probably are he's going to start out in double-A AA or triple-A. Uh, but, you know, we've you know Mendez, we've seen him pitch in the big leagues. Don't know. Urado, too. Maybe they make some adjustments to get there. Maybe there's another name we get in free agency. You know, that's the rotation. We still need another bullpen arm probably. LeClerc's going to be the closer, no doubt. Um, you know, they got the Japanese guy that I was telling you about, K- Kikichi. Uh, uh, he's, right now, they 
you know, he played with the Cebu Lions last year. He's left-handed. Nobody thinks he's as good as as Darvish or Otani, but he was a stud over there, and he is on there. A lot of teams are looking at him, and he. What you do is they posted him. You could you post everybody posted the twenty million. They put it up and said we'll post twenty million, and they put it up, and then he can negotiate with every team that posted the twenty million, and if he cuts a deal now, unlike Otani, unlike Otani, this guy it's. Uh, Kokichi, Kokicho, I, I don't have his name in front of me, but I know that. Anyway, he he's played long enough in Japan that he uh, he did not have to do. Otani was ready to come here. Otani had no choice. He could only go with. He couldn't sign a free agent. He could. He had to take the bonus pool money because he was young as young enough that he had to be within the bonus pool money. That's a, he has to make the league minimum. This guy is like a free agent. And so now he can sign for whatever he can sign for. But everybody who does it understands that they got to, you know, 20 million is part of it. So if you're, you know, you look at a guy, you're signing five years, a hundred million dollars. Well, it's five years, 120 million. If that 20 million you had to post earlier, cause you ain't getting it back and doing it. So he's probably looking at no more than, 50 million that he's going to get. And he's got to give some of that back to Cebu, the Cebu line. So that, you know, that at least these guys are getting to come over a little earlier, but then they're having a lot of their money gets left back with the teams in Japan uh, doing that. So, um, so we'll keep an eye out for that stuff. Um, You know, that that's, that's the groundwork that's been laid um, on doing this. We, we know now who are, uh, you know, with, with the uh, wisdom signing, we now have an idea that maybe Profar actually could be somebody looking to get moved out there. I don't know what's up, John uh, JD Sleeves. We need a right-handed bat. That's what wisdom is—is is a right-handed bat. So we've got him. Uh, we need some more right-handed bats. Um, I don't know what what trades are looking at. There's, it's still something that we need to be looking at um, and keeping an eye on because the off-season is not over. Even though the winter meetings are, the offense is not over, and. Uh, so, but the winter meetings are, and that's what this edition was about. And I think with that one that we'll end it right here. Hey, I want to, I want to thank everybody who's listened uh, to all these podcasts. I appreciate it so much when you're listening to it. I want to wish you uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. I hope all of you have a, a wonderful holiday season. We're going to keep an eye out on this and uh, and watch what's going on. We'll have some more podcasts. Obviously, go to the DowSportsNation.com, read, read anything we got. Um, but uh, until we get to you next time, I'll do it like I end every uh, article that I write and every story that I write. We're going to end it this time with a Merry Christmas. Nerd out. <laughs>